I'm glad we're together today in this space. Uh, my name is Mark Cummins, and I'm the pastor at Church of Hope. And if you're a regular attender, welcome. So glad that week after week, we join together in this space. And if by chance this is your first time, I'm really glad that we're beginning our friendship today. Now understand that this broadcast literally goes around the world for free. See, we believe that life's at its best when people discover hope in Christ. There are people who give generously so this broadcast can be reached across every continent. If you've never given, I would invite you today to give. You can go to our webpage, hopeinocala.com, and drop down on the giving bar and give a one-time gift. Or you can give generously beyond just today. And if God's blessed you, help us as we give hope around the world. But for now, I want you to open up your heart and your mind. Let Jesus speak to you because what I believe is that when we open up our minds and let Jesus speak to us, life doesn't become perfect and all the problems don't go away, but you experience his presence in you, with you, and for you. Open up your heart. Let Jesus speak to you today. Peace. So what's your plan? You're thinking about having children or perhaps you have children. What is your personal parenting development plan? Right, you, you conceive, you find out that you're having a baby and so we have a baby reveal. Now that wasn't a thing when I was uh, having children, but it's a thing now, right? And so you plan for the baby reveal. You're gonna make it so special and your friends and you're gonna film it and you're gonna post it on social media. It's a plan. What's your personal parenting plan? Maybe your girlfriends or your family decide to host a baby shower for you. There's a plan. It's on a date. It's at a place. And people are invited. They bring gifts. What is your personal parenting development plan? For that moment of conception to birth, and then as they become a, a toddler and preschooler, then that first day of school, right? As you put their little backpack on and a little lunch bell and they walk off towards school. And then every year after, till they stand on a high school graduation platform. What is your personal parenting plan? And then for that day where they step out as a young adult, whether it be to trade school or the military or, or college or immediately into their career. What is your personal parenting plan? Perhaps you've seen the story of a mom this week. I think she did not have a personal parenting plan. Her daughter, her middle school daughter was being bullied at school. So she decided she would go to that middle school campus. She signed in to see her daughter and she ran down the hallway, found the bully, and had an altercation, and as a result, arrested. 
What is your personal parenting plan? Is it just that they would make it from one grade to the next grade or just, hey, I just, I, I don't want them to get pregnant in high school. No drugs, no DUI. What is your personal parenting plan? Two moms were having a conversation one day and they were trying to talk about their personal parenting plan and one came over to the stove and, and turned on the stove and placed three pots on that stove and began to bring the water to a boil. In the first pot, uh, she put a potato. In the second pot, she put a egg. And in the third pot, she reached over to her coffee bean jar and she got some coffee beans and she placed those coffee beans in the third pot. She adjusted the temperature and she brought all three pots to a boil. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 and 9, in their hearts, humans plan their course. You've got plans, you've got hopes, you've got dreams for yourself personally, for perhaps your marriage, or you hope to be married one day, or for your children. But the Bible says it's the Lord that establishes their steps. God has a plan. God is a planner. God planned out creation. You can read in your Bible, seven days. One day he rested, the other six days he planned out day by day how he would create the universe that you and I enjoy. He planned you, he designed you. The Bible says that he knit you, he created you, designed you in your mother's womb. Your DNA is specific to you. God in the nation of Israel, he had a plan for them. He led them out of bondage into the promised land. As they were building the temple, there was a plan for the temple and the way that it would be constructed. God had a plan for us to be adopted to his family. His name is Jesus. The plan was for Jesus to leave heaven. The plan was for Jesus to come and to be exposed to all the pressure points that you and I are exposed to, yet he never would sin. The plan was that he would go to a cross. We call it Easter, and he would die on that cross. The plan was he would be buried, and the plan was three days later he'd become alive again so that you and I can have hope in this life and hope in eternal life. God's got a plan. So what is your personal parenting development plan. We have so many plans in so many other areas of our life. But what I have found over the years for most of us as parents, we're just kind of hoping. We're hoping that the bad thing doesn't happen and we're hoping that kind of maybe sort of everything will just turn out just right. What I'd like to do in our Bible study is give you one big Bible observation and then a couple applications to put into your parenting plan. So if you're taking notes, here's the observation. It comes from the life of Jesus. We don't have a lot of Bible verses about Jesus as a boy. We don't have a lot of parenting instruction how Mary and Joseph did it. We do have Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. And notice it seems there are three distinct stages of personal development in the life of Jesus. And Jesus grew, right? So he's growing. He's developing in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. That, that Jesus' growth plan, he grew in wisdom, 
he grew in stature, his physical self, and he grew in favor with both man and God. Now, in 2014, when I made the decision to sign up for an Ironman race, I knew there were three distinct athletic endeavors. One is the swim, two is the bike, third is the run. Three distinct athletic movements. When you made the decision to be a parent, it was a decision. And that decision now requires training. It requires development. We often don't think about it that way. We develop all the other areas of our life, educationally, uh, academically, athletically, financially. But the idea of having a written plan, how we will develop these children that God has given to us. As an Ironman athlete, I knew I signed up. That was the easy part. The hard part was seven months later. You, you see, there would be a starting point and I would be required to go out into the ocean and swim 2.4 miles. I would come out of the water to what they call transition one. And I would take off my wetsuit and I would put on my, my biking gear, my, my helmet and my shoes and my gloves. And I would get on my bike for 112 miles on a seat about the size of your hand. And then after 112 miles on my bike, I would get off that bike and I would put on my running shoes and go out for a full marathon, 26 miles. And I developed a plan, a plan on Monday, I, I would ride my bike. On Tuesday, I would go to the Y and swim. On Wednesday, I would go out on a run. On Thursday, I would do some strength training. There is a plan, why? Because I had a vision. I wanted to cross that line. I wanted to hear the announcer say, Mark Cummins, you are an Iron Man. And last week, I challenged you to write out a vision statement. What is that vision statement that you have for your son or you have for your daughter? That's the easy part. The vision is the, is the end. It's the preferred picture of the future. Today, it's about the plan. The today is about those strategic steps that you will take along the way. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he grows older, he will not abandon it. We often misunderstand God's word here. You notice it says, train up a child in the way that they should go. It doesn't mean that they will go that way. Some of you have adult children. You prayed for them, you loved them, you, you did your best for them, but they aren't going in the way that you believe that was best, the vision that you had for them. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go. The second part, the promise, even when he grows older, he will not abandon it. The problem there is we put a timetable on it. We, we want to see that ROI, that return on investment in their teenage years or in their 20s or 30s, where the Bible simply says when they grow older, I don't know. Some of you might have loved and prayed for, cared for, pointed your sons and daughters towards Jesus. It's potentially possible you will graduate to heaven and be in heaven and they still haven't come to that point yet. It doesn't diminish your personal parenting development plan today. We're so intoxicated on ROIs. 
You don't always have to have an ROI to do the right thing. Sometimes we do the right thing simply because it's the right thing. And if we are a parent, and if you've signed up and said, I want to be a parent, it's a deliberate decision that I want to lean in and help this boy, help this girl become who God has created them to be. So what is your personal development plan? We have too little training, too little intentional effort on developing who our children are becoming. It requires reps. When I'm an athlete, as an Ironman, it required reps. I could ride the bike for one mile, but I had to go 112 miles. I had to continue the reps. I, I could run a marathon on its own, but now I had to do extra reps to run a marathon after 2.4 miles in the open ocean. After 112 miles on the bicycle, it requires reps, it requires training along the way. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, in their hearts, in our hearts, humans, we plan our course, but the Lord establishes steps. So what's your plan? M many of you have got a plan for spring break. There's no school <laughs> in the next week or so, right? You, we got a plan. We, we, we've got a plan for our education journey for our children, right? Perhaps it's a homeschool plan. Perhaps it's a private school plan. Maybe it's going to be that charter school compared to this public school. We have plans. We have athletic plans. We sign them up for t-ball or soccer or volleyball or softball. We have, we make plans for our children. What is the personal development plan where your son or daughter will grow in favor with God and man, in stature and in wisdom along the way. Certainly a parenting development plan has to be more than, I don't want them to be on drugs. I don't want them to have a DUI. I don't want them to, you know, get pregnant. I, well, what is your plan? And let me be really clear about your plan. There is no perfect plan. In our Bible study today, I'm not going to try to give you a plan that you should apply to your son or your daughter specifically. Why? Because they are your sons. They are your daughters. You checking in as a Christ follower and asking God, God, show me the plan that you have for them and you learning from them. Because here's what I know as being a parent. You can put whatever plan together in place, but there's a lot of challenges in parenting. It doesn't always go the way that you want it to go. And as, as, as Mike Tyson said, you can have a plan until someone punches you in the face, right? You can have your little plan, but then that little boy goes off to school. That, that, that girl ends up in uh, middle school and going through puberty along the way. I know for me, I did not have a plan. When the doctor came out and said, congratulations, Mr. Cummins, it's a girl. It's a girl. I had a plan for a boy. Oh yeah. Six months old, that boy and I, we were going to be in the gym, start training. 18 months, maybe two years, we're going to go into double sessions, morning session, night session, right? We're going to increase that protein level. And if that boy was short like his daddy and couldn't go off and play college football, we had a plan for the United States Marine Corps. But a girl, oh my goodness, like a girl, like bows in the hair, the frilly sock thing going on, a girl like dolls, and on top of all that, 
The year is 1991. I've only known Jesus for about four years at that time in my life. And I had been around a lot of preachers, kind of fire and brimstone preachers, you know, evangelists, you, you know. And, and I remember one verse stuck out. And it was this. It goes this. Whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he reap. In other words, whatever you do is going to come back and bite you in the butt. And I thought, oh, my goodness. All the things I did with women and girls before I met Jesus. Oh, my goodness, right? I didn't have a plan. I would suggest as you're developing your plan, you check in with God. God, we believe in this kind of space, in this environment, we believe that God's a creator. We believe that God made that baby in your mother's womb, in your spouse's womb. Notice what the Bible says in Psalms 32 and 8. God says to you, God says to me, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Let me share that again. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. So here's the question. Have you been going to God's class? God said he'll instruct you. God says he's got a plan for us. He's got good plans to, to not hurt us or harm us, to prosper us. Have you been going to class or you've been skipping that class? Maybe the reason we have so much mental instability in our children, young adults in the world today is we haven't been going to God's class. We haven't been learning and letting God instruct us. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, but have we been hanging out with God so we understand how we should train them? Who's influencing your personal parenting development plan? Is it Nickelodeon? Is it Disney? Is it TikTok? Is it social media? Or is it God? You understand the average, you don't have to share your, your time with God, but the average Christian supposedly, according to Barna Research, spends less than two minutes with God a day. Maybe we begin to understand this deficiency in developing the next generation. I don't know if you've ever read any of Malcolm Gladwell's books. He did a study, he did some research he wanted to figure out why are some people more successful than other people? Maybe you've thought that. Why does that person become a millionaire compared to that person? Why does that person have so many followers on Instagram and that person? How has that person grown their business? Why are they so good on the piano? Because the assumption is, well, they're just more blessed than me. The assumption is, is they had some type of privilege. They were born into privilege. Gladwell did a research all across the world, different continents, different social economic backgrounds, different languages, different genders. And he discovered the common thread in success isn't where you're born, isn't how much money your parents have. He labeled it what he calls the 10,000 hour rule. He discovered that an athlete that has become successful, a musician, a painter, somebody along the line, after spending 10,000 hours in that area, success was the byproduct. So when it comes to parenting, it's amazing. The average dad spends 18 minutes a day with their child. 
Moms, much better. About an hour and a half. And those statistics include TV time and commute time. And just because you're in the same space doesn't mean that you're connecting. 10,000 hours, if you as a parent spent two hours a day being deliberate, leaning into the development, there's a human being filled with potential and promise developed by God two hours a day, 10,000 hours. When that child turns 13, you would just now be entering into that Malcolm Gladwell secret sauce space. Just when you need it most, when they're becoming a young teenager going through puberty, middle school, having a plan. The Bible says in Psalms 33 and 11, the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. His purposes of his heart throughout all Generations, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, God says, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So what is your personal development plan? What's your, what's your, what's your plan for when you ask your sons or daughters to do something? Is it the three, two, one plan? You know what I'm talking about? It's okay, hey, listen, it's time to go to bed. Right, and, and I'm gonna count to three, and if you aren't up in that bed right now, one, two, three, ah, and you blow up, right? What is your person, or is it first time obedience? Emily, your bedtime is nine o'clock. It is now 8.30. It's time to brush your teeth. It's time to get all your stuffed animals organized and all that you want. Do you understand? What time is it, Emily? It is 8.30. What time are you going to be in the bed? 9 o'clock. How about 9.01? 9 o'clock. Personal development plan. All that craziness that's going in your house, it's because of you, parents. Not because of them. You got to have a plan. I just can't believe. I, I, I can't believe. They're always, they're always on that phone. My children, they're always on that phone. No one wants to talk to me. Hey, by the way, who pays for that phone? What is your personal development plan? I just can't believe they're wearing that. Um, whose credit card did they use to buy that? You got to have a plan. You've got to sit and be intentional on the front side. So much of the conflict that you experience on the backside, if you'd slow it down and develop a plan, check in with God. How do you do that? Two things. One, you got to be present. Because your presence ultimately will bring peace. A lot of parenting seems very disruptive, seems very turbulent, but your presence, the Bible says in Psalms 118, 24, the Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. The greatest tragedy in life is most of us never really live today. Most of us are stressed out about something that happened yesterday and we're anxious about what hasn't happened yet tomorrow. And the day to live is today. Being present today. I was doing some research and they asked a panel of Christian psychiatrists and psychologists, what are some steps that parents can do to try to influence. Remember, you train up a child in the way that they should go. It's not some magical formula. May I remind all of us, the first dad's name is God. 
The first kids' names were Adam and Eve. They lived in a perfect place. There was no injustice. There was no unfairness. There was no sickness. And Adam and Eve disobeyed a perfect dad. So because you say something, do something, doesn't mean that they're going to immediately chase after God or chased after what you think is best in life. But there are some choices we can make. They said there are three choices in this one study, and I want to give one from my own personal life experience. One is, how, how can you really help your sons and daughters make faith in Christ their own? Number one, it was church attendance. Now, I know, don't get, don't get me wrong, I, I understand that that can kind of feel like awkward. So what do you mean? I had my kids in Sunday school. I had my kids in church. Back in the day, we had church at Sunday night, and we had church on Wednesday nights, and then we had visitation on Thursdays. Hey, hey listen, when I'm training for the Ironman, just because I went to the pool, I put on my Speedo, I got in the water, doesn't mean that I did a training session. I had to swim I had to do my exercises. I had to do the work. Unfortunately, too often, we thought spiritual work is just simply coming and sitting under the steeple on a Sunday and letting it go in one ear and out the other ear. No, it's a starting spot. My, my automobile has a spark plug. My spark plug is very valuable. It starts the process, but it doesn't end there. Being in a spiritual community starts the process. Number two is the depth of the parents' commitment to faith. I'm just telling you, you following after Jesus, your example and letting them catch you, make Jesus the center and the point for your life is one of the best indicators of how they will make Jesus the center and point of their life. And then third was having conversations about Jesus, God, and the Bible Monday through Saturday. I taught that last week and. Deuteronomy chapter number six. The fourth thing I will give to you, and this is primarily for the dads, a study was conducted and they wanted to find out why does it seem like some kids graduate from high school with health more than others? And they looked at all kinds, social economic status. They looked at public school? Was it a urban setting? Was it a rural setting? Was it a uh, highly influential suburban setting? Uh, were both parents married, you know, married to each other? Um, was it a parochial school? Was it a Christian school? Was it homeschool? And the common denominator in all of the children, both boys and girls that were successful, was this, a present father an engaged dad talking about school, talking about sports, talking about sex. The dad that was engaged set a trajectory of success. Hear me when it comes to presence. Your children would rather have your presence than the presence your money can buy all the overtime and all the other kind of stuff and you think, well, if we can get into the country club or we can drive a newer vehicle this or we can have 200 more square feet here, they want your presence. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And the pressure is not lost on me. I get it. 
particularly when those kids, right, are, are small, three distinct seasons of childhood development. You have from birth to just before they go to school, let's call that age six. You have those school years, right, from kindergarten all the way through high school graduation. And then you have college or military, trade school or career and beyond. And the pressure is for real. Because for many of us, right, when they're little, you're just into your marriage, you're just into your career, the pressure's on to have a, you know, a trajectory of growth and climb the corporate ladder. Plus like you, your college days, your sorority and your fraternity, it's not that far away. And just when those children need your presence the most, we're absent the most. Dr. Dobson, a clinical child psychiatrist, the study, the research has revealed that 85% of all human development, emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, 85% from birth to age six. And the tragedy is during those years, we can get away with not being present. When I was a young dad, it was Barney. Put them in front of Barney and Barney would entertain them for hours. Today, you give them the iPad, get them on YouTube because you're tired and you're exhausted. But this is the very time that when you invest and you lean in, you are shaping, you are building. What is your personal development plan? Got to be present. I had to be present in the training process. Three distinct athletic endeavors, swim, bike, run, I have to be present as a dad in those formative development years. In 2013, when I finally did an Ironman race, my daughters were already out of college. When my daughters were young, there wasn't the time. I, I, I wanted to lean in. I wanted to be a present dad. Initially, I will be honest with you, it's primarily because vicariously, I was trying to experience what I didn't have as a dad. I wanted that kind of prayer. I wanted to be the dad that I didn't have. But as I began to learn and to grow and more, I began to see this process. And then when I signed up for the Ironman race, it was like a light bulb on childhood development. These three distinct athletic endeavors where the swim is so much technique. You can't muscle your way. You can't force your way through the water. It's smooth and it's technique. That's childhood development, age birth to age number six. Then you get on the bike and bikers, all these moving parts. That's what school years are all about. You got teachers and you got sports and so many different moving pieces. But ultimately, in the Ironman world, it's getting to what they call the line. You see, a lot of Ironman potential racers, they get through the swim and they get on the bike. But if you talk to an Ironman, they will tell you it's all about the line because you can swim and you can bike, but then you gotta cross that line and it's 26.4 miles by yourself on your own. When the grit and the determination and the training really begins to pay off. To have the peace when you step into the run because of your training, gives you the fortitude to finish and to hear. And that would be the last thing I would say to you as parents. 
is that as you develop this plan, you've got to be present, but ultimately the goal is to give them the peace of mind that the training that you've built into them, when they cross that line of graduating from high school and stepping out into college, stepping out into the military, stepping out into a career, whatever it might be, that they've, they understand, the Bible says in Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. You've trained them. You've, you've prepared them along the way. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, fathers or parents, do not exasperate your children or confuse your children, frustrate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That personal development plan. You know, the mental health of your children is at the forefront of many of the parents that I talk to. And if you remember just 20 minutes ago or so, these two moms were talking about their plan. And one mom went over and she fired up the stove and she put in one pot a potato and in another pot an egg. In the other pot, she put some coffee beans. All three were exposed to the heat of the boiling water. Parents, you cannot eliminate the stress of life from your children. Maybe the reason we're seeing the mental instability in our culture today is because somewhere, somebody taught us we need to remove the stress, remove the heat and remove the pressure. But see, the potato, if you're raising potato kids, it went in hard, but because of the heat, because of the pressure, it's become soft. Didn't know how to respond to the inequities and the things that were not fair. There wasn't a development plan. And so when the heat came on, the human being became real soft. The egg, the egg went in fragile. But when the heat was applied, when they were bullied at school, when they weren't picked for the team, they became hard on the inside. Same stress, same pressure, same boiling point, but now this human being is hard on the inside. Oh, but the coffee bean. The aroma in the kitchen, both ladies could smell and they got their coffee cups out and they poured a delicious cup of hot roasted coffee. You see, the coffee bean, same pressure, same stress, same boiling point. The coffee bean, because of who the bean is on the inside, changed the environment on the outside. So I asked this morning, parents, are you raising potatoes, eggs, or coffee bean kids? Because the pressure's for real. 
Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer, you can overcome the world. If we were a business, the church, the church would be out of business. You know this to be true because they're your kids. Some 80% of all of the kids who start in our churches, if a church has Sunday school, if a church has small groups or Hope Kids or youth group and all the, all the money, the millions and billions of dollars that you have spent in Christian education, summer camps, salaries for youth pastors, skinny jeans cut open playing cool guitars, singing the same words for 3,000 hours. Where are you, kids? You see, we don't need a slick student ministry. We need moms and dads who have a personal parenting development plan. You decided to be a parent. I decided to be an Iron Man. I had a vision, I'm gonna cross that line. What's the vision for your son? What's the vision for your daughters? And how are you training? them, you, to see that vision take place one day. You understand God has a plan. God wasn't interested in potatoes or eggs. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, and he came to the earth. Jesus was tempted in every way that we've been tempted, but he never sinned. Jesus' presence on the earth changed the environment. Here in Ocala, Florida, we are telling the story of a Middle Eastern man thousands of years ago who so loved the world that he gave his life on the cross. He was taken off of that cross because God had a plan. He put him in a borrowed tomb because God has a plan. He sealed that tomb because God has a plan. One day, God has a plan. Two day, God has a plan. On the third day, God had a plan. He opened up that grave and Jesus Christ stepped out and he said, to all who will believe, you may become the sons and daughters of God. Thank you. Being together in this space today is really good. If you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I'd like to invite you today to start following Jesus. It's not about your behavior. It's not about your church attendance. It's about the reality that Jesus is for you. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Would you right now pray this prayer with me? Hey God, it's me. I've sinned and I know it and I can't fix me. But today I receive you, Jesus, as my savior. I believe that you died on that cross for me and that you were buried for three days and then you became alive again. And I invite you into my life to guide me and direct me all the rest of the days of my life. And with that prayer, my friend, welcome to God's family. I'd like to continue our friendship. If you would email me, pastor at hopeinocala.com. I'll follow up with you and together we'll celebrate Jesus in your life. Peace.